So in this week's episode, I'm going to be talking all about beauty. What do you think is beautiful? You. <laughs> Aw, no zinger this week? No. Home to stand your ground. Hi, I'm Becca Clegg, and this is the Inner Alchemy Podcast. Join me in conversations with some of my favorite healers and helpers as we explore all the ways we can restore balance within ourselves. The world heals one person at a time, and the healing starts now. Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Inner Alchemy Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about reclaiming beauty and sensuality as a healing part of our lives. And today's guest is Mary Lofrin. So Mary is an embodiment-based coach and the founder of the School of Sensual Living. Mary's mission is to help make the world a more safe and welcoming place for the feminine to thrive in all beings. With over 20 years of experience in the embodied arts, Mary has seen and helped countless women transform their lives through connecting with the wisdom of their bodies and the healing power of everyday sensuality. It is so good to have you here. Thank you so much for being on the show. My pleasure. I'm so grateful to be here with you. Yeah, I'm excited to talk about this topic because I think it's something that I don't know, but I'm imagining a lot of our guests might not have thought about how your own beauty and sensuality could be a form of healing. So before we do that, though, I'm just curious if you would share with our guests just a little bit about what's brought you to this work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I, I love, I'm really grateful for the opportunity to share here because a really big part of my journey has been around using beauty and, you know, these experiences that we sometimes label the feminine um, and, and this experience of being in my senses and almost like desexualizing in a way our sensuality, mm. um, how that has provided healing for me around uh, my eating disorder, my relationship to my body. So to just kind of give a, a overview, you know, my, um, I, I think the relationship to my body is really kind of the nexus of my own personal healing mm. and continues to be. And growing up, I grew up in a very uh, Catholic home mm. and I loved religion. I loved the rules. I'm a Virgo. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I hear you. Just give me all the rules, you know? Um, And I, you know, as a teenager, developed a really kind of raging eating disorder. Um, And, 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 you know, just my sensuality, it was like, that just wasn't a gene I was born with. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like, you know, like it wasn't, I mean, like, I remember one birthday, wearing my most like sexy outfit and it was like a pair of loafers. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I do. I do. I, know what I, was doing. I do. And, um, and I, I experienced a real transformation around that, um, in my twenties when I started learning about the, the sensual arts. And I, I took a class called at Mama Gina's school of womanly mm. arts. That was really kind of where I got my start. And, I really kind of flew to the opposite side of the spectrum where I became a burlesque performer and I started mm-hmm. teaching burlesque and all these things as a means to sensuality. But 
But where I feel like it really clicked into place was when that, you know, kind of hedonistic expression that I I personally had adopted, Mm -hmm. you know, after so many years of deprivation, I just was like, pleasure, 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 sensuality, sensuality. This is who I am now. Change my name. Mm -hmm, You know what I mean? mm -hmm. And, um, and, you know, where it really started to click into place was where, well, I'll just be transparent and say that, you know, several years ago I got sober Mm -hmm. and I, you know, stopped living my life in, in just a constant state of consumption Mm -hmm. to numb and to experience these incredibly high heights in order to avoid the incredibly low lows. And when I really started to face myself was when sensuality became not just a tool for escapism or for feeling good, but for feeling more like who I am. Oh my God. That last part, I mean, it's all beautiful, but not just for feeling good, but for feeling more like who I am. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. beautiful. And it's interesting to talk to you today because when you and I first met, it was it was a while back and it was before I had really done my own sort of deep dive into somatic training. And so I was far more cerebral and I don't think I quite understood what you do the way I do now because I've worked so much with the senses and with the body. And it's like, it's profound when you start going down that road of just recognizing how deeply healing reconnecting with your body and your senses can be. And I can't explain it. It's almost like if you haven't had that experience, if you haven't embodied that experience, it's hard to explain, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, So it's listening to you. I'm just like, yes, everything you're saying is so resonant. Um, How do you define like everyday sensuality, when you talk about that, what does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, how I define sensuality in general is simply using your senses to be more present in your body so that mm-hmm. you can show up more present in your life. Yeah. You know, and there are so many ideas around what, particularly when it comes to female, female identified individuals, mm-hmm. what your sensuality looks like. So true. And so everyday sensuality is literally simply how can I be in my senses? Um, and, you know, in so many spiritual traditions, there's, um, you know, kind of an emphasis on, uh, renouncing or reducing the senses as a pathway to enlightenment. And I've, I'm a member of some of those spiritual traditions. Yeah. So I, I respect that very much. And I have also found that for myself and for my healing, mm-hmm. especially that being immersed and intimate with my own senses on a day-to-day basis is one of the ways, most profound ways that I can stay awake. Wow. Again, love the way you put that. Most profound ways to stay awake because it's so easy as we go through our day and then, you know, day after day comprises our life to not be awake. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's also interesting you brought up how traditionally organizations, religions, other, otherwise have been um, sort of at the, at the helm of renouncing your sensuality, because when I was learning about, oh, back when we sort of moralized food, like good foods and bad foods, that actually we can trace the origins 
of that back to the Reformation with um, a guy named Graham who invented the graham cracker. But anyway, it just was so interesting. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Which the graham cracker is meant to be a bland cracker that would not stir up the sort of hedonistic sensuality of humans, which was meant to be evil or, or bad, you know? So it's really? like, yes, which I think graham crackers are delicious, but yes, like enough. Wow. Yeah. And so it's so interesting to me because again, if, if our listeners are, you know, part of an organization or a religion, this is not to crap all over that. It, not at all. Mm-hmm. It's just to sort of say, we have to think about why we do what we do because their origins are oftentimes not what we think, right? You know, it's like, mm-hmm. why is food good or bad? Why is it good or bad for female identified you know, people to, to be a certain way or dress a certain way? It's like the why is something that I don't think many of us recognize how intentional it is. You know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, absolutely. So, what do you think in terms of rediscovering that relationship with everyday sensuality? Like, I, there's so much healing to be had there. So, if if you like were to tell us about a client or or just give us an example of how that heals, is that something you could do? Because I mm-hmm. really think our readers, our listeners, are going to relate to yeah. this. Well, you know, one particular client comes to mind. Um, who, when we started working together, was really struggling with discipline around her creative work mm. and, you know, kind of getting her butt in the seat and working and, and doing the thing. And, and through the, the, so the style of coaching that I offer is an embodiment-based style and through some of our embodiment work and through just kind of the discovery of the way in which trusting the body, that there is actually an order to that. You know, a lot of times I think people shy away or are hesitant to trust these more body-based methods because there's this assumption like, well, if I just listened to my body, I would eat chocolate and take baths all day, you know? (laughs) I do. Or if, if I paid attention, if I just did what brings me pleasure. And yet for this one particular client, Um, You know, particularly when it comes to creative output, which everything we do is creative output in one one way or another, you know, by listening to the body and by tending to that need for sensual pleasure, which one of the the kind of foundation pieces for me around that, that understanding is the work uses of the erotic. The erotic is powered by Audre Lorde, Mm. who describes our erotic self as simply our fully feeling self, our wow. fully feeling self that we bring to our work, to our relationships, to mm-hmm. the way that we eat. And so with this particular client, um, you know, what was so amazing about it is that, you know, we all know the discipline route. We all know yeah. the um, torture myself to, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, to loathe myself enough to create yeah. some sort of output. But what we discovered is that through really listening and trusting these tides within her body is that there actually is an order there. And there actually is a predictability, just like the tides may seem totally random. If you really watch them and you really study them and you become intimate with them, there is a predictability and an order and a reliability in terms of this um, expression of who we are. 
I'm not sure if that answers it makes per- the No, it absolutely answers the question. And again, I think so many people are going to relate to that idea of efforting, that's my word for it, efforting their way into output or production or you know outcome. And it's so exhausting. Mm-hmm. And the idea that we have something innate in us that we can trust, that we can befriend, um, to me is so beautiful. And it's so... You know, it's that yin to the yang of our society that, you know, again, neither is right or wrong. It's just so imbalanced. And we're all walking around like zombies, I think, you know, just really tired because we're overusing one element and totally underutilizing the other. So it mm-hmm. makes perfect sense. And it's a beautiful example. Um, so I bring up the culture. So how do you feel our culture impedes people's ability to have a relationship with beauty or sensuality. Mm-hmm. Well, I'd love to just comment on what you just shared, if that's mm-hmm. okay. Oh, of course, yeah. Is that like, you know, one of the things I've been researching recently is, is this idea of like yin and yang and these, and, and the, just these binary energies of rest and, and activity mm-hmm. and how what I feel like we're really searching for is is not just one or the other like oh i'm i've worked all day now i'm going to pick up my yin tool it's mm-hmm. like where do we find ourselves not just in these binaries but in in the middle of this spectrum and to speak to your question about about culture i mean how long do we have <laughs> yeah i know right i believe me i know <laughs> um i i will say that like what i think one of the most pervasive ways in which the culture um keeps us from the alchemy to use the word of this podcast Mm -hmm. of our sensuality is around work Mm -hmm. and is around this identification with production as a means to earning our value in life. And when I talk about sensuality, you know, there are many pleasures that can be bought, but the most true and most lasting pleasures as we know are those which are inherent in us. Mm you know and so if a person was wanting to orient to their sensuality differently where i would really invite them to begin is with something like the breath mm. you know like will there's plenty of time for us to upgrade your lingerie collection and we will get there <laughs> uh-huh, you know yeah but it's like the pleasures of a deep breath mm. the pleasures of the warmth of a blanket or a pet on your lap the sensuality of whatever is your favorite beverage. Like, let's start there. Mm-hmm. Start from where you are. Because I think for, you know, once again, it's like there's so much, so many ideas about what a sensual woman is supposed to look like. Mm-hmm. And that jump is, it's almost like standing on one side of the stream and you have to jump to another rock that you know is just going to land you right into the center of that stream. Like, yeah. I'm not going to make it. Yeah. And so by start opening up from where you are and the sensuality that you already possess, that is, is a really powerful place to begin. Uh, and, you know, people love like a next step takeaway. And so I just want to highlight that if you're listening and this is resonating with you, that's your next step. That's something you can do today that you can begin to just not just do the breath work because it's good and it's your meditation practice, but 
paying attention to how much pleasure it brings you. And I, actually, I'm, I'm saying that aloud and I'm thinking, I'm going to do that. I was just meditating before <laughs> this call and I wasn't paying attention to that. I was kind of paying attention to, am I doing my mantra and all the other things? And, you know, it's thank you for that reminder, because that is that is a fabulous reminder. It also brings up another thing, which I just think your work so beautifully speaks to is this idea of, well, what I would say is appetite, but it's this idea that we as, as female identified people can, can be told in so many ways that it's not attractive to have an appetite. Um, and, or if we do have one, then we get called names for it in, in various degrees. And I don't just mean hunger. I mean, sexual appetite or all different forms of appetite. And the idea of giving people permission to not only reclaim it, but really spend time slowly trying to remember it. It's so mm. beautiful. Um, because I do think that's part of why we find women denying their, their food. You know, it's, it's, there's a myriad of reasons, but I do think that's one is that culturally we have this deep generationally formed message that for a woman to have a large appetite is not attractive. And I don't think it could be further from the truth, but again, mm-hmm. how much time do we have? Um, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> I just want to, you know, the work you're doing is so valuable on so many levels. Um, and here um, you've, listen to the podcast. So, you know, we do like to, however, highlight you and let the audience get to know you in a different way, which I love because it mirrors, it mirrors your work. Your work is so unique. So we're going to do a mm-hmm. rapid fire round if that's okay. And ask mm, you some I would love that. fun questions um, just to kind of be able to highlight, you know, the whole person, so to speak. But okay. So I'm going to ask you one that's a little bit catered to you, but what is your go-to form of indulgence? In other words, when you pamper yourself, what do you do? I travel. Ah. Talk about appetite. Yes. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Oh, my word. I I find that it is just impossible for me to uh, feel like my most creative self Mm -hmm. in my day-to-day. So my biggest indulgence is to give myself a new experience of being somewhere new. Uh, that, well, uh, so many people can relate to that and so many people are missing that and stuff. So uh, I think just everybody, uh, I think you're going to get a lot of people nodding their head to that one. That's for mm-hmm. sure. Okay. So what is your favorite song to dance it out to? <laughs> um, well, I have to admit my, I'm a, a little, my, my, so my guilty pleasure is pop music. Uh-huh. Oh yeah. Oh no, no guilt there. <laughs> And there's this song, and I don't remember what it's called right now, but it's it's like, um, oh, I wish I could remember it. But I, I love to dance, and I dance almost every day of my life. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't remember oh, the name okay. of it right now. No, I'm you don't so have sorry. to. No, it's okay. I put you on the spot. But I, <laughs> I, like you, will put on a good pop music radio station. And next thing you know, right, you know, it's like four or five songs later. Um, totally. I, I think anybody who was raised on pop, it's like – I don't know. It's in your genes or something. Um, okay. And I asked this of everybody, but again, it's one of my favorites. And that is what is one piece of advice you would give your 14 year old self? I would tell, let me just pause with that one. Sure. I just want to feel into it. I would tell my 14 year old self, um, I would, I would help her to, become more aware of the sacredness or no. Mm. 
you know, I felt so like aware of the yes and the no of my church and my parents and my peers and, and, and just, I would really spend some time with her developing how to know she's a yes or a no in her body. Wow. That is beyond powerful. And I'm going to put you, I'm like putting you on the spot left and right here, but when you paused and you said, let me feel into that, is that Mm -hmm. what you were doing? Is that, uh, because I think the audience is going to pick up on that because I know I did. Yeah. You were just letting the body kind of connect or. Yeah. Like, Uh. like I know the response, like my mind is like Peter Pan. It just wants to leap. (laughs) An answer. Yes. Um, and my body moves at a, just a little bit of a slower pace. And one of the mantras or affirmations that I use is like, I will only move as fast as the slowest part of me mm-hmm. is ready to go, you know? Yeah. So when answering a question like that, um, especially like a, a rapid fire kind of question, sure. it's like, I just wait for that slower part. Um, and I will say that to the pop music question, when I'm in doubt, I turn on pink. Oh, yes. Oh, <laughs> my gosh. I don't want to leave that question unfettered, no, un- no. unanswered. Well, thank you. She's already <laughs> on uh, pretty much every playlist I have. But yes, uh, you're in good company there. And you heard it here, people. Like, I really want to point out that is such a cool practice. And just the fact that you could stop and instead of just answering from the mind, check in with the body right there. That's like such a powerful tool. And I don't know that you meant to share mm-hmm. it, but thank you for sharing that. Um, mm-hmm. You have so much value and so much that you bring to your work and the world. Share with the audience just where they can find you, where they can connect to you, what you have going on these days. Yeah. So um, I would love to connect with your listeners. And so you can find me at schoolofsensualliving.com. And on that website, you can learn more about my programs and my coaching. And um, you can also, if you go to schoolofsensualliving.com slash confidence, you can download a free three-video training series on how to reduce anxiety through confident body language techniques, which is really just kind of somatic tools for grounding mm. your system. Um, in, in everyday situations. And I also have my own podcast called Come to Your Senses. Mm-hmm. And uh, you can find that at schoolofsensualliving.com slash podcast. I am so, so grateful that you spent your time on this Friday afternoon with us. And I just can't thank you enough for all that you do and all, all that you're doing in the world and for sharing that with us. Likewise, I am so pleasurably, healthily obsessed with you. <laughs> I love your Instagram videos. I, I'm so grateful to know you as a friend. Well, and thank you so much for having you me. You are so welcome. And I hope our paths cross again very soon once the world goes yes. back, to, <laughs> back to normal. As always, thanks for being with us for this week's episode. If you like what you heard and you think we've earned it, Subscribe to the podcast and leave us a five-star review. Metrics like downloads and reviews are how podcasts get noticed in the busy online world, and we truly value your help in helping us spread the word about healing. Also, if you resonate with this podcast and are interested in learning more, join us in our community group, the Inner Alchemist Society. This group is a free resource where you can connect with other inner alchemists people like you who want to be more creative and less reactive in their life. 
We offer resources, accountability, and monthly groups to help keep you connected to the magic inside of you. You can go to my website, RebeccaClegg.com today to get access. We look forward to seeing you there.